0: What about Stephon Diggs? I think we have a five game sample size under Joe Brady, and we can now safely say that the team is placing is it fair to say they're placing less of an emphasis on forcing the ball to Stephon Diggs or feeding the ball to Diggs or whatever you want to say, Nick, based on what we saw earlier in the year and you know with Ken Dorsey. I have some stats to kind of back this this point up. But what's just your take on it? You know, it's a short sample size, but less Stephon Diggs, right? I think the Bills are winning. Nobody should be unhappy about this. Bills fans shouldn't be unhappy about this, but maybe Stefan Diggs' fantasy owners are pissed. Maybe they're not winning their playoff matchups because Diggs has just not been as involved as he was in the first 10 games with Dorsey. It's When you run the numbers, they're actually kind of staggering. That's an interesting development with this Bills team, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh, the wide receiver group for this team is just, uh, I don't know, so wildly inconsistent uh, as of late. Um, you, know, you, you really either don't get anyone to step up or... Somehow Gabe Davis comes out of, I don't know, hibernation.
0: Welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as I am each week by Nick Woten. It's the Bills Wire podcast powered by the USA Today Network. Nick, of course, is the managing editor of the Bills Wire. It's the holiday season, of course. And if you'd like to support us and this show, you could do so by leaving us a five-star rating and a short review. Also, subscribing on your favorite platform, telling a friend or family member to help spread the word is always appreciated nick how the hell are you man happy new year merry christmas all that good stuff what's up man
1: same old same old three game winning streak here for the bills and coming into the stretch run here uh bills could lock up a playoff berth but uh yeah he has got to uh, focus on their own win and i gotta focus on bills wire and we're gonna take that that mentality into our
0: entire week one day at a time, one day at a time, day at as, time as we move. So here's where I want to open it up. Obviously the the bills have done well for themselves. They're winning ball games. They vaulted all the way to the number six seed in the AFC. So they, they control their own destiny. If they win out and get some help, they could win the AFC East. We'll talk about that. Uh, but it was an ugly win against the chargers. Uh, you know, there's no other way to put it. They were losing in the fourth quarter, had to kind of piece it together there at the end and make sure. And the good news is they won Nick. Right. But it was, it was not pretty. Uh, so, Cause for concern that they played down to the, t- uh, you know, the level of another bad opponent, or an opponent that they're way better than cause for concern or just a bad spot. And we kind of talked about when we looked the t- at the sporting, the, I'm sorry, the sports betting angle of that game, it was a bad spot for the bills. There were a lot of signals that said, Ooh, look out for this game. This one's one sketchy could be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. So cause for concern or bad spot, the way the bills played against the charters.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to say cause for concern, but I mean, I thought the writing was on the wall that that 12 point spread was probably way too big, even though you're playing against Easton stick and, uh, whoever else was over there still with the chargers last week at this point. Now they're a million years ago. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, writing about sports three days is the longest is way too long. Four (laughs) days actually. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's uh, I, I wouldn't say cause for concern. If if something like that happens, I think against maybe the Patriots, then yes, uh, upcoming this week, cause for concern if you're playing down to them again because Bill did already do that this year, played down to them and ended up losing to the Patriots. Uh, Matt Jones led Patriots at the time, and um, yeah, I think just you know those those are I think realistic boosts bo- uh, boosts if you will, uh, firing a head coach, firing a GM, you know, players kind of. Uh, especially for that one week at least, get a little bit of a pep in their step. And I think you saw the Chargers definitely had that. You know, they wanted to prove some doubters wrong. Um, you know, and I think they, you can argue they did do that. Um, but they still lost. <laughs> uh, and you know, as I, as I said last week and you teased there, um, I, I thought that 12 point spread was, was way too big and way too tasty to not take. That is really, really big in the NFL, especially for a team that's, you know, got those, uh, Got those things uh, in the back of their mind while they're playing out there. So uh, I wouldn't say the Bills played down per se, or be worried about it. They did play down, but I don't. I wouldn't say it'd be worried about it until maybe this upcoming week is a bit closer than uh, than we think. And that's not even so much, like I said, because it would be back to back weeks. Then of course it would be concerning. But even if the games had switched places, and the Bills played the Patriots last week and played down to them. Yes, in the same scenario I would be worried because that's the same old Patriots, you know, they don't have that new coach boost, they don't have that uh, anything really going for them uh too much. Uh at least the Chargers had uh you know, a little bit of extra motivation. And I think you saw saw that play out in the field and uh at SoFi Stadium.
0: Yeah, you you uh I know you bet the Chargers, so I'm I'm proud of you, Nick, because I was afraid I like I said on the podcast, I wasn't touching it and I and I didn't. Uh I I just couldn't trust that the Chargers would be able to cover it just because the Bills are so much better than them. But there's so many signals, right? So many signals. I mean, yeah, the coach boost. Those guys, they're professional athletes over there on the Chargers. They gave up 63 points to a division rival uh, the game before. So they were, you know, when you're a pro athlete, you're not going to come out there and and lay down after something like that. You're going to want to prove yourself to your point. Uh, you know, Meanwhile, the Bills just played Kansas City, Philadelphia, and Dallas. And now they're going across the country to the West coast to play East and stick in a chargers team down way yep. bad. Right. And who just fired their head coach. It was just the human element, all those signals. Like you just knew that was going to be for some reason that you couldn't explain an uncomfortable spot for the bill. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not so concerned. I th- I just think it was a bad spot, a bad situation. Some of the human element played into it. Uh, and I'm with you. If they, if they get caught by the Patriots again, and more on that later then I will be concerned. And I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, number one, the major development out of this game, the good news is the Bills won it. It was ugly, but they won. So that's good. The other thing is we're seeing Gabe Davis heat up, right? As I said in the broadcast, big game Gabe is back. Well, I hope so. But he was the man in this one versus the Chargers, right? 32.5 yards per catch, four receptions. He had that kind of vintage 57-yard touchdown from Josh Allen pulling his way into the end zone. It was awesome. It was awesome. The thing that caught my attention more, Nick, Coming out of this one is not so much Gabe Davis heating up, though. What about Stephon Diggs? I think we have a five game sample size under Joe Brady, and we can now safely say that the team is placing. Is it fair to say they're placing less of an emphasis on forcing the ball to Stephon Diggs or feeding the ball to Diggs or whatever you want to say, Nick? Based on what we saw earlier in the year, and you know, with Ken Dorsey, I have some stats to kind of back this this point up. But what's just your take on it? You know, it's a short sample size, but less Stephon Diggs, right? I think the Bills are winning. Nobody should be unhappy about this. Bills fans shouldn't be unhappy about this, but maybe Stephon Diggs fantasy owners are pissed. Maybe they're not winning their playoff matchups because Diggs has just not been as involved as he was in the first 10 games with Dorsey. It's when you run the numbers, they're actually kind of staggering. That's an interesting development with this Bills team, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Uh the wide receiver group for this team is just uh I don't know, so wildly inconsistent uh as of late. Um you know, you you really either don't get anyone to step up or Somehow Gabe Davis comes out of, uh, I don't know, hibernation two games in a row of no catches and then four out of six with no catches. And then he puts up, you know, that stat line, but again, that's kind of how Gabe Davis does his stat line too. Cause you'll see stuff on digs, you know, hit the hundred yard mark, but he'll have Seven, eight, nine, ten catches, and Gabe Davis typically will have two, three, four catches, and one of them just happens to be a long bomb and uh, maybe a touchdown, and that's how you get over 100 with him, and that's exactly what happened. I, I sincerely don't remember a single Gabe Davis game where he went over 100 where he maybe had more than five catches, um, maybe even including that playoff one. He caught four touchdowns in that. He maybe could have caught four passes and they were all <laughs> touchdowns or something, but um, very, very rarely does does he, he pop up um, just with anything other than a deep you know, maybe contested catch and, you know, credit to him. There's a place for that in the game, but he's got to do that more often. And, you know, I think you got to see Stefan Diggs too. And uh, on top of Stefan Diggs, you know, being less involved in the offense in terms of his statistics, he also played less snaps last week too, uh, which was interesting. Uh, didn't really seem to be hurt at all. Uh, not that I can remember, um, but you saw him on the sideline, but you also seen, saw an up- uptick in Trent Sherfield, who um, like uh, Gabe Davis, if you will, uh, maybe, I guess to a different degree cause Gabe's supposed to be your number two Trent Shurfield. Nobody's expecting no offense to him. Nobody's expecting a ton out of him. And, uh, he's, he's out there as mainly a run blocker, um, which is, you know, the bills are trying to, you know, roll in the run game. We'll see if they can do that again this week. The Patriots are very good against the run. Bills have been good with the run, um, in the same time period. And we'll see if that can keep going. And maybe we'll see if that, you know, we'll continue more with Stefan Diggs. Uh, you know, he's never been really a touted run blocker and, um, you know, maybe that has just as much to do with his stature as anything else. He's not the biggest dude out there. Um, I think Trent Sherfield's a, a bigger guy. I think he's six one, six two, or something like that. And uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see the Bills' run game. I thought was pretty good last week. It wasn't quite. You know, if you're looking at it through the spectrum of the two games before, including the 179 yard game that uh, James Cook had against I think that was the Cowboys, right? Um, 179 yards. You know, he only had 70 yards rushing, but. When the Bills really needed it and they really needed a touchdown against the Chargers, there's the one drive they had. Allen ended up rushing in from the one yard line, but really they, they rode Cook and got a bit of a spark on offense from the rushing game, um, ground game, if you will. And um, yeah, yeah, so a lot of dynamics here going into this new look Bills offense for sure under Joe Brady. Um, then we'll see. We'll see. I'm very keen to see how it looks this week, you know. Uh I think the stat was since week twelve, the Patriots have the number one run defense in the league and the Bills have the number two uh ground attack. So two uh two ground game heavyweights. Maybe this game will be over by like two thirty or <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> possible,
0: yeah. And I think, you know, it's a great point. And I think the Bills, the, the main thing they've become under Joe Brady is more multiple, right? They're doing more things, they're getting more guys involved. That's that's the good news. I would say just because you want to run the ball more and you're having success there, maybe don't do that against the Patriots this week. You know, like maybe this is like a big Josh Allen game, right? I I don't think you want to make the same mistake that the Broncos made on Christmas Eve, where we're like, we run the ball, we protect the football. We don't want to turn it over, uh, you know, that thing. And then you play into the teeth of Belichick's defense and what they do well and you lose, right? Like maybe you should attack their corners who are, basically practice squad players right now. I don't know that, but we'll get into more of that. But I think the fact that the bills are getting more guys involved is a good thing, but with Diggs in particular, it's, it's fascinating, right? In the 10 games, uh, I broke this down into averages. I hope this isn't bad radio, but in 10 games with Ken Dorsey, Diggs averaged 7.3 catches on 10.2 targets for 86.8 yards per game. So very heavily involved, right? Over 10 targets a game over seven catches, 86.8 yards per game like that's elite wide receiver one stuff in the five games with joe brady Diggs is averaging 4.6 catches on 8.6 targets for just 40 and a half yards per game so a major drop off the it's not like the bills aren't targeting Diggs. they're still targeting him at a high rate but he's producing at basically half the clip nick in catches and yards mm-hmm. per game and he's only got one touchdown since joe brady took over and that was against the eagles so uh meanwhile you got Gabe Davis going this week. You got Khalil Shakir making the play w- that, you know, was probably the game ceiling play on the final drive. The the apparent touchdown that got called back, but that helped the Bills. James Cooks in the back are obviously being used more prominently in both the run and pass game. You mentioned Trent Shurfield. Like they're getting everybody out there. Again, it's not like the Bills are not throwing it to Diggs. It's just his production has not been as prominent, and the Bills are winning more. <laughs> it's just like. I don't know make this make sense you know what I mean and uh, but that's all to say I would not be surprised if Diggs you know heats up here in the postseason and they do that thing too you know what I mean it's just I don't have a take on this as much it's just kind of a fascinating switch for the Bills offense and it's working for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe uh thing I was thinking while you're uh, talking there, Ryan, was maybe the the lone person right now in Western New York who misses uh, Ken Dorsey might be Stefan Diggs, right? I mean, his numbers and right. everything are doing yeah. a lot better. Uh, they're a lot worse, uh, if you will, since, uh, since he left. So, um, yeah, maybe... Uh, Maybe we're really going to see a test here, you know, Stefan Diggs. And this isn't, isn't saying anything that he's said anything otherwise, because he always says, yeah, I just want the team to win. I just want the team to win. So we're going to find out right now if he really just wants the team to win, because they're winning and he's not not really producing. He's fallen out of the top 10. And in that same time period, you know, the uh, piece I put together every week for Bill's Wire is just, you know, where the where the team leaders are uh, in terms of their stats, a.k.a. Allen Cook and Diggs. And, you know, Allen is in and out of the top five. Uh depending on his week to week, but I think he's I think he's five or six this week. Uh Cook is number three in the league when throughout like the first half of the season he wasn't even in the top ten, barely was. So now he's number three and Diggs is outside the top ten. I think he's twelfth in the league in receiving yards, which you know, it's surprising. Usually he's top five. Last couple of years been like top five. Um now he's fallen off. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see uh if like you kind of mentioned too with the Patriots run run defense, maybe that changes this week, or does that change at all going into the playoffs? If if the Bills get there, we'll knock on wood and, and say if they get there, I don't want to jinx them this week going into a uh, you know, essentially another must win like they've been having for the last uh, last month.
0: <laughs> yeah. For sure. Could be a big digs game. And I think it's gonna be a big Josh Allen game, or it should be. I think, you know, the Bills have been winning with this formula of Josh Allen throwing it less and the Bills, you know, obviously try not to turn it over and get the run game going and all that. It's, It's been working, but I think this is a game where don't play into the Bill, uh, Patriots' strengths. Don't play into Belichick's hands. Go and spread them out and slice them up like you've done in the past. Like, that's how you beat this team, and especially with who they got playing corner. And I can get more into that now. As a Patriots fan, I can tell you quite a bit about the Patriots and the state of their personnel and i'm i can tell you right now they got practice squad guys playing corner for them right now so the bills should Not be great. able to sl- yeah they should be able to slice them up another big question out there nick is 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 there a case for josh allen as mvp we'll get into that one as well but first hey folks if you don't have stefan Diggs on your fantasy team you might still be alive in your fantasy uh playoffs maybe in the championship this week we got some advice for you from the huddle.com for week 17 and then nick and i will be right back <laughs>
2: Mory Bonini of TheHuddle.com here with strong plays for Week 17. If you've made it this far, you're likely playing for a fantasy championship, so best of luck in your bid to secure a title. Quarterback Derek Carr, New Orleans Saints at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Carr has quietly come alive in the last couple of games, despite being on pace for his worst fantasy season since being a rookie. He has multiple touchdown passes in three straight games and three in each of the past two contests. Tampa held him to a laughable 6.5 fantasy points on 37 attempts in week 4. But the Bucs have yielded the 5th most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks on the year. In the last three weeks, this matchup is 26.1% better than average. And the likes of Desmond, Ritter, and Jordan Love have each top 22 fantasy points. On the year, Jared Goff, Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, and C.J. Stroud all have gone north of 30 against the Buccaneers. Carr is a pretty safe bet for at least 22 to 24 fantasy points. Running back, Javante Williams, Denver Broncos versus Los Angeles Chargers. We should see a little more reliance on the running game, with this being a favorable matchup and the benching of Russell Wilson for Jarrett Stidham. The Bolts have allowed backs to average the 8th most yards per game on the ground, and three scores in the last five weeks have come against this defense, including one to Williams in week 14. The season long outlook heavily favors the Broncos here. Only eight teams have been softer versus the position, and this is a good matchup for checkdown bonus points in PPR scoring. Wide receiver Curtis Samuel, Washington Commanders versus San Francisco 49ers. Samuel has been a lot of all or nothing in the last two months, going for just three points in the most recent contest. He has only two touchdowns since week six, both of which came in week 15. Fortunately, one of those came from the hand of Jacoby Brissett, who has been named the starter versus San Francisco. The matchup is not terrible, and there's obvious reason to expect the Commanders will be forced into a pass-heavy script here. Consider him a risk-reward wide receiver three in deeper playoff leagues, and he's also a nice pivot for a cheap punt play in DFS. Tight end Jake Ferguson, Dallas Cowboys versus Detroit Lions. Ferguson's role has been impressively consistent with exactly eight targets in each of the last four games. He has a floor of 8.5 PPR points in that time, and that's actually a little more impressive with just one of his last 25 catches going into the end zone. The Lions have yielded tight ends two scores over the last 21 catches granted, which checks in as the 12th highest ratio. The overall matchup profile is quality, but it's also stronger in non-PPR scoring, so keep that in mind. This one could turn into a shootout, which adds a little bit of hope for a bigger day than expected. Happy New Year wishes from everyone on the huddle staff. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
0: Nick, let's talk about Josh Allen as the MVP here, right? He's the first quarterback in NFL history. Now to record at least 40 total touchdowns in four straight seasons, pretty impressive stuff by Josh Allen. He's now got 12 rushing touchdowns in 15 games this year. I think they've sc- he scored a rushing touchdown in four straight. So typical Josh Allen late in the season, a season's on the line. He's going to, you know, be a more aggressive out there, especially with his legs. And and we're seeing it. Remove Josh Allen, Nick, and I think the Bills are a team like the Steelers, right? A team that like scrapes and claws to stay around 500 each season with Josh Allen. They're a perennial contender to win the AFC East and make some noise in the playoffs every single year, right? So that's that. But Allen is currently behind Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, and Tua for the award, according to the latest on BetMGM. So Allen has the fifth best odds entering Week 17, Nick. Uh, Do you agree, and do you think there's uh, even a reason to have this conversation as Josh Allen is this year's MVP? What do you think?
1: I think I agree with where he's at right now. A couple of the other guys uh, probably a little bit ahead of him. I think um, McCaffrey probably should get a little bit more love. Um, I'm just saying that as one of his fantasy football owners who literally would be dead in the water (laughs) months ago if it wasn't for him. So, um, yeah, and I I know him and Lamar are probably, you know, probably going to be one of them. Um, But, you know, I I think Allen, it's it's really going to just depend on how the next two weeks go, right? if Lamar plays terrible and the, the Ravens lose to the dolphins and now all of a sudden they're out of the number one seed, then I think, you know, I think that all goes downhill uh, for him. And, you know, I don't know what would have have to happen for Christian McCaffrey, but then, Having said that about Lamar, if Lamar you know falls off and loses, and that means probably everyone's gonna start talking about Tua as the MVP. <laughs> yep. So I think it's just a a little bit too much of a mountain for Josh Allen to climb. But I think his name being in the discussion is certainly uh, certainly warranted. And I'm not saying that you know any players do per se a an MVP, but you know kind of feels like Allen is kind of in that sort of territory now because over the a couple of years ago, he did finish second in the voting a few times. Um, I remember one of the years was behind Aaron Rodgers when he won it. But I think Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, I'm not – don't quote me here. It's not the exact numbers. But Aaron Rodgers had, say, like 20 votes for MVP. And Allen was in second place with, like, two. <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't remotely close. But he technically was second type deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think um, I think just, you know, with, with the Bills, unfortunately for Allen, the thing that's kind of running against him – is uh you know the mvp award it is one of those as i, I wrote on bill's wire again i think i'm doubling down on uh, on shameless plugs
0: plug week. away baby plug away
1: kind of the uh story one of the storylines i put into this one was Allen in the mvp discussion but it, but as i wrote it it's almost as much as it's an individual award it is a team award almost you know um Allen can't do it all alone, and neither can any of these other guys. But having said that, the Bills do have six losses, so that doesn't really help Allen's case as MVP. But I know you can—I know you can play devil's advocate and argue well. If it wasn't for him, how much worse would it be? You know, the Bills have those six losses because he doesn't—he doesn't have any help, so he is the MVP. But yeah, just so, so many different moving parts, and it—it it almost seems like this is uh, maybe the first time in a while that we're going into the. Last week or two of the season, where really the awards is so up in the air right now, right? I and mean, usually yep. by now it seems kind of all right, Mahomes is on pace for 5,000 yards. He's winning the MVP this year type deal, but uh, or whoever else, and uh, yeah, yeah, but interesting. I just think Alan, you know, fifth is probably right, and I think he really needs kind of like the bills, similar to the bills, similar to it being a team award. I think, uh, I think, yeah, it's uh, just there's so many different factors playing in here, uh, down the script, on,
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a player that's not in the top five is Patrick Mahomes. But if you take Mahomes off the Chiefs, I know he's not going to be in the running because the Chiefs record. Same situation with Allen. But if Mahomes, you take Mahomes off the Chiefs, Nick, the Chiefs might be the Patriots, right? A decent defense who can't do anything on offense. You know what I mean? They might be in the top five of the draft next year if it's not for Mahomes. So you can make the case that he's the MVP, even though they don't win or they're not winning at the same clip as usual. But yeah, I would. I kind of see some value in this number for Josh Allen. It's plus thirteen hundred. So if you wanna be a freakish Bills fan and, and throw some cash at this, like I don't hate it. I mean, definitely got a chance to pass Tua if the Bills win out. So <laughs> you got a chance to finish ahead of Miami. So Josh Allen would then, I I would think, vault Tua. Uh that's possible. Purdy, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> you know, Purdy had a bad game against the Ravens. I think Sam Darnold. How much of a drop-off if you have to go to Sam Darnold there in that offense with those weapons and Kyle Shanahan? and I I don't know. Obviously, Purdy's a better player than Sam Darnold, but I don't know how significant the drop-off is. Definitely not as significant as if Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes gets hurt or Lamar Jackson. So, uh, you know, I I don't know. I'm not buying Purdy being ahead of Allen in the odds. I don't like that. McCaffrey, I love him. I love how he impacts the game for the Niners, but he's a running back in this as much as this award is a team award, Nick, it's also a quarterback award, right? So yeah, exactly. there's that. Exactly. It kind of, for me, leaves Allen and Lamar if the Bills win out. It kind of leaves Allen and Lamar if the Bills can win out. Again, the Dolphins lose to the Ravens and the Bills win the AFC East. I think that's the best chance Allen would have at MVP, but that probably means, Lamar, you're not catching him, right, in that scenario. So I think... Betting on Allen is kind of fun. I think he's got a real shot at catching some of these guys. I just don't think he has a shot to catch Lamar Jackson. I think that that performance against San Francisco, how you know, he completely neutralized their ridiculous pass rush. Uh he was he's got a way of like dominating games without doing too much if that makes sense. Lamar Jackson, you know what I mean? He's just got yeah. a he's I mean, he, he has, a,
1: like, what, like, 18 touchdown passes? Yeah. And something, something but, really loads.
0: But you feel like he's in control the whole time, even though he's not dominating as much. You know what I mean? Uh, he is He is a fun player to watch. He is a fun player to watch. He put, He kind of put this team, this offense, he's really kept that ship afloat when Mark Andrews went down, which, you know, a lot yeah. of people thought the Ravens Fair. were going to s- slide away and maybe slip on offense, but they haven't. He's really changed things. I mean, Mark Andrews was his best target, his favorite target. They haven't slipped at all, and now they're blowing out San Francisco on the road. It's like wow. So yeah, I think Allen, great case that the Bills went out, but if they win out, I, I still don't think he's catching Lamar Jackson. So that's just the MVP thought. I don't know if you have any thoughts yeah, on that. Before yeah,
1: I, yeah, it's going to. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to come down to you know pretty much almost you know over the next week too. Well, still you know you, you think maybe okay, so the Ravens lose next week, right? Um, you know, and what if the Bills still need to win to get in the playoffs against the Dolphins? And I don't know. Well, Yeah, but then yeah, it's, it really comes down to next week, right? Because if the the Dolphins beat the Ravens, then I think they lock up the AFC East. But then does that mean they, ah, but they'll still be playing for the first seed. So the Dolphins will have something on the line in week 18, no matter what. Right. I think right, that right. would make sense. Yep. Even if they had the head to head, because then. Yeah, so I think that that's the, I think that's right uh, thinking about it a lot. So never mind. So yeah, I guess I guess the lot comes down to the next two weeks, really. Um, I was gonna say it comes down to next week, but I think no matter what, Bills Dolphins is gonna be a gonna be a uh, slugfest in Week 18, and uh, still always. I know we said it last week. Still always feels weird saying Week 18. You think that's gonna? I still, so <laughs> I'm so used to saying Week 17 is the last week of the year growing up with the uh, 16 games in the NFL. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, gonna be fun. Uh, fun next two weeks for those who are gonna throw a fiver down on Josh Allen's uh, uh, numbers in the uh, sports book right now for uh, MVP.
0: Yeah, you know, not five dollars. It's worth it at, at odds at thirteen hundred. Come you easy,
1: going five dollars. Not, not too
0: bad. Not too bad. We've made worse bets. Uh, we've predicted worse things on this show, actually. So uh, why not yeah. go for it? But I, I think it's a long shot. I think Lamar Jackson is the clear front runner after that game against San Francisco. I think that might have cemented a few things, but. Uh, Bills hosting the Pats now, 12-point favorites, Week 17, Nick. Um, Really interesting here. The Patriots obviously beat Buffalo 29-25 in Foxborough earlier this season. It was a Mac Jones game. It's the most points the Bills have allowed in a game outside of that Eagles game where if Jake Elliott hadn't kicked a 59-yard field goal in the wind and rain to send that thing to overtime, Nick, this Patriots game in Foxborough earlier in the year, that would have been the most points the Bills have allowed all year, if not for that Mm -hmm. kick that sent that game to overtime against the Eagles. So explain that one to me. How is this Patriots team, the one of the worst, I think in terms of points per game, it is the worst offensive football. How did this Patriots team put up the most points against the Bills out of any team but the Eagles? That is like an amazing stat. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. what an anomaly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it just kind of comes down to what we were saying earlier. Uh, sometimes the Bills play down to these opponents uh, for whatever whatever it is. They found a way to play down to him, and that's definitely what they did against the Patriots. Cause I mean, damn, Matt Jones not even hasn't been in the lineup for weeks. And <laughs> he was he was a starter.
0: Yeah. He Talk lost, about his, playing down. lost his job not so long after that. And the Patriots yeah. are actually playing better football now. They're two and two since that that change. Um so I look at this game. I think the Patriots, they're gonna get Buffalo's best in this one. I mean, they've won eight straight at home in Buffalo against AFC East opponents. Uh, you know, the AFC East still on the line for the bills also with Buffalo. Like they will play down to their competition, Nick, but sometimes I, the bills usually don't put up two stinkers in a row. You know, it's usually like there's an ebb and flow here. Like the bills will put up a stinker. We'll be like, ah, Sean McDermott's got to go. You know, it's who's the scapegoat now. And then the next week it's like Josh Allen for MVP. And then the next week it's like McDermott sucks. And then the next, you know what I mean? Like it's an ebb and flow with the bills. It kind of goes up and down. They don't usually put two complete stinkers on the, on the board in a row. Uh, and lose two in a row like that. It just doesn't happen all the time for this team. So I would expect them to be up for this one. And again, I just think the Patriots, they beat Mitch Trubisky in the Steelers. They beat Russell Wilson in the Broncos. Russell Wilson was just benched before we hit record here with Denver. Josh Allen's a different animal. And I think if the Bills open it up with Allen in the the same way the Broncos refused to do on Christmas Eve, I think the Bills will find success. The Patriots, I looked at their snap counts, Nick, for that Denver game. Sean Wade played 86% of the snaps for them. So he was a guy they picked up. He was a former like fifth or sixth round pick they picked up from the Ravens. He was on their practice squad for years. Uh, not a good player. Miles Bryant played 78%. Josh Allen has shredded him in the past. Alex Austin, rookie, uh, practice squad kid, should not be playing NFL games right now. He is. And Jonathan Jones, he played 52% of the snaps. He was probably their best corner But he's more of a slot guy. They had to kick him outside because of all these injuries they've had. Uh, Jack Jones is now with the Raiders. J.C. Jackson, they traded for him. He's out for mental health reasons. Christian Gonzalez, the first-round pick this year, he's out for the season with a shoulder. So they are piecing it together at corner. Why you wouldn't attack that is beyond me. Denver refused to. I think the Bills do. And uh, hopefully they do, Nick. Right? Hopefully they get away from ground and pound in this one and attack the Patriots through the air, spread them out attack their linebackers, attack these weak corners. They'll put up a ton of points. I see them winning this game, like 27, 13, 31, 10, something like that. I, I think the bills roll. I think they cover the spread.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think as well, um, home game, I think that'll be a, a difference. I think this would be, you know, could very well be the last home game of the year for the bills. And I think that'll make the difference That make a difference as well, at least, um, for the Bills, uh, they're 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 always up for it at home. Uh, they're shaky on the road, but um, and this isn't even a 2023, 2023 Bills thing. Um, uh, Sean McDermott's team just they just play better at home for whatever reason, whatever it is, they play better at home, and they're at home this week. And um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it might be a long day for the Patriots against the Bills here in Orchard Park.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, again, just to repeat this stat: eight straight Bills wins against AFC East opponents at home. That's a good little stat. Uh, right there so yeah i think they love it
1: they love it home they They do
0: they love it and i you know the bills winning this ball game and then the dolphins losing to the ball uh, the ravens you got week 18 for the division nick that would be uh that'd be pretty fun so you know as a football fan that's what i'm kind of rooting for i think that's that'd be a good thing to look forward to but the real question here is what kind of plans you have on new year's eve you just working all day covering the bills do you have any big plans going to hit the bars going out to new york city like what are you doing
1: I, I think new year's is more just for me is uh get together with some friends and uh, a little, little bit more of a low-key thing i think uh in years past i'm ready to up and ready to go out and do something but now i kind of am uh you know i get to use the excuse i gotta work uh <laughs> work the bills game uh, <laughs> the next day on new year's day and uh yeah no reason for me to get to uh, turn into a wild and crazy kid uh on new year's this year so i think it's gonna be um yeah just a couple friends hanging out and you know i'll get get some champagne and um yeah just uh celebrate it in, in a little bit of a low-key way and uh yeah you know the how the holidays run i feel like no matter what you do the holidays run you tired yeah so, oh yeah uh that's kind of where i'm at and um, i'm very much ready to uh to ring in the new year and be healthy again after the last couple of days because um your boy did not miss a calorie over the last couple of days <laughs>
0: still, sure still battling that thing
1: yeah. 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 Of course. Of course. Uh, but you know, we'll, 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 be, we'll be back in 2024. I think. It's, it's, it's the year of Nick. Yeah. Right? we got to, we gotta the get the you, Bills too. got to
0: get you off that, uh, <laughs> off that injury list, Nick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, limited yeah. A, practice with a little illness. bit
1: something. And then I was eating too much and I'm just, you know what? Let's 2024. Let's get a good night's sleep. Get a good, <laughs> get a good Buffalo Bills work day in at 1 PM on, uh, on New Year's day. Um, or new year's uh eve excuse me um so let's not get too carried away and get too get too focused uh you know i'm beyond you know um one day at a time as sean mcdermott likes to say and uh <laughs> you know and we'll take it one step at a time or whatever whatever bs he could he could roll off on me
0: <laughs> oh he's got plenty of bs for us and i'm sure we'll be hearing it into the playoffs <laughs> as the bills have played their way back in and that's that's a good thing for us I'm looking forward to seeing how these final couple games go i think Should be a fun one for Bills fans here on New Year's Eve, but uh, let us be the first to wish you all a Happy New Year. Appreciate you all for jumping on board on the podcast. As always, again, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell people about it if you could. That helps us out, and we really appreciate it. Uh, For Nick Wotan, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks, as always. Catch you next week.